no matter what's wrong with the world in general and your life in particular, you can choose to be happy if you learn how. And that's something current research shows us. Happiness is a skill that can be developed. It's like building your muscles when you work out. You can build your happiness ability. Welcome to an owner's guide for your life. The podcast that combines psychology, coaching, common sense, and fun. I'm Tracy Browning, an entrepreneur, life coach, and lover of people. Now, let's talk about how to live, love, make money, and change the world. Hey, I'm glad you're here. This is episode eight, and I want to know, are you happy? What do you think when you hear that question? Do you roll your eyes and think, oh, good grief, there are more important things in the world to worry about than if I'm happy? Or do you cringe because you're not sure you want to know the answer to the question? Have you even given any thought lately to whether or not you're happy? Well, I've been thinking a lot about it. Somebody somewhere decided August is officially Happiness Month. And because I happen to like happiness, like a lot, I am jumping on the train. I'll be talking about happiness over the next several episodes. Now, happiness is a huge topic. Philosophers spend their lives contemplating it. Billions and billions with a B. Billions of dollars are spent towards the pursuit of happiness. Most people spend their lives chasing it. So I'm not promising you an exhaustive coverage of the topic. But I'm going to share some studies and some stories and ask you to think about it for yourself. Now today, I'm focusing on the general concept of happiness. Next episode, we'll talk toxic positivity, and that is toxic positivity. I think I need some ominous music for that. Dum, 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 dum. And then I've got an episode planned where we're going to look at different messages in music about happiness because I like music and happiness. It'll be fun. It brings me happiness. So let's start with this. Is happiness important? Do you think of happiness like cotton candy? It's this insubstantial puffy fluff, a delightful poof of sugar, and it just melts in your mouth and it's gone? Or do you think of happiness like steak and potatoes that has substance and sticks to your ribs? Well, the founders of our country certainly thought happiness was important. It's written in the Declaration of Independence, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So it doesn't seem to me like they were talking about cotton candy kind of happiness there. The pursuit of happiness, not the guarantee, but they saw it as an inalienable right to go after the things that make you happy. Maybe you obtain it, maybe you don't. And they didn't define what happiness was. I like that. The importance of happiness is up to you. You decide how much it means to you, just like you decide what makes you happy. And if you judge yourself to be happy or not. Yeah, there's a lot of you decides here, 
because happiness is up to you. Now, there are all different kinds of happy. There's this exuberant, over-the-top kind of joy. There's contentment in everyday moments. Maybe you're happy because you have something, or you're happy because you're experiencing something. Marcus Aurelius, he was a Stoic philosopher from centuries back. He said, no matter what's wrong with the world in general, and your life in particular, you can choose to be happy if you learn how. And that's something current research shows us. Happiness is a skill that can be developed. It's like building your muscles when you work out. You can build your happiness ability. Now, there's a, there's a guy I want to talk about. He's a psychologist, and there are two different things I want to share about him. His name is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Now, he was a psychologist. He was a Hungarian psychologist. He discovered people have genuine satisfaction when when they're in a state of flow, when they're completely absorbed in their activity. Think of somebody painting, and they're like so focused on their art. Or a basketball player who's shooting foul shots over and over in his practice, totally in the rhythm of dribble, dribble, shoot, swish, dribble, dribble, shoot, swish. Or maybe somebody at work who is paying absolute attention to what they're doing and they're shutting out all the distractions around them. Being in flow, that's a wonderful type of happiness. But I want to share another kind of small happiness that I've experienced associated with Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Now, I had seen his name written, but I had never been able to pronounce it. And I'm probably still not quite getting it exactly right, but I'm trying. Now, I'd never heard it said until I heard my friend Ari Bly give her TEDx talk on alignment and flow. Now, I'm going to put a link to her TEDx talk in my transcript because she does a fabulous job. Oh, she's so excellent in how she talks about alignment and how you realign and can reset yourself and get back in flow. But one of the things that really impressed me was when I heard his name just roll off her tongue. Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. And I thought... I can't even begin to say it. Oh, no. But some of the things that I value in life are knowledge and rising up to a challenge, even a small one. So I decided I wanted to learn how to say his name. So I Googled it. I heard Google say it. I studied the breakdown of the pronunciation, and I practiced saying it. Oh, God, I have said his name over and over today. <laughs> Still, I have to look at it and study it very carefully. But it's brought me some happiness because I've taken action that aligns with my values. That is an important component of happiness that I see when our actions align with what we value. Now, sometimes it's not always obvious. 
I was having coffee with my friend Michael the other day, and it was so cool because we've known each other for a couple of years now, but we've only met on Zoom until Friday when we got to have coffee in person. So it was so much fun. But we were talking about happiness and things that make us happy. And he said, I got to tell you this crazy little thing that makes me happy. He's got this app on his phone. He can collect virtual tokens that he can use to play games on the app. But more importantly, he can save up and redeem these tokens for real life experiences in Las Vegas, like two for one buffets or going to a show like Cirque du Soleil or free hotel nights. So he can collect these tokens on the app every couple hours and he does it. And he's done it faithfully for two years. And he said, this is crazy, right? He said, I'm disciplined about this crazy app, but not disciplined about push-ups. Ah. So we're laughing about it. And I said, dude, it makes perfect sense to me. I get it. Here's what I know about Michael and his wife, Katie. They value travel and experience more than anything else except each other. They even took a trip around the world a few years ago. It was like right after they got married, and they took pictures of them in their wedding finery. I mean, Katie's hauling her wedding dress all around the world, but they've got these shots of them saying I do over and over again in all these incredibly cool places. They value the travel experience. And with this app, Michael's got this easy, painless way to accumulate travel perks. He doesn't love the app. He doesn't even gamble. He doesn't play the games on the app. He just pulls it up every couple hours, collects those tokens, and gets closer to the experiences that he knows are going to add to his happiness. So his little app clicking, his actions, they're lining up. They're aligning with his values. Now, there's a social psychologist named Dr. Liz Dunn, and she co-authored a book called Happy Money. And the first chapter is called Buy Experiences. She's advocating the superiority of experiences over things to get more happiness. Now, she had a grad student by the name of Erin Weidman who disagreed with her on this chapter. And she knows this because he came to her and he told her, hey, I think experiences are overrated. So they discussed it. And here's what I love. They discussed their disagreement. And they kept on talking and decided that they would investigate further. So they decided they'd study it. Because Aaron said, you know, I think previous studies just... Yeah, they looked at how people felt about their purchases of experiences or material things, but he didn't think they had captured people right in the moment of enjoyment of their purchases. So here's what the study was like. They started on Christmas Day, and Aaron texted people three to five times a day for two weeks asking them, about their happiness with either the material gift or an experiential gift that they'd gotten. And one of the things they found was that these people were reporting more frequent happiness from material gifts. 
this is the part that the previous studies had missed. They hadn't captured the little, the little boost of momentary happiness from material things. It was a smaller boost, but frequent. Now they checked back in with the people in the study six weeks after Christmas. And what they found was that people were significantly more satisfied with their experiential gift than the people were with material gifts. Experiences gave bigger peaks, more intense bursts of happiness. Now here's my takeaway. Different things bring different types of happy. I want to have them all, don't you? It's like, you know, going out to eat and only having dessert. I want, I want meat and veggies and salad and a fresh yeast roll and dessert. I want all different kinds. Now, here's another thing that contributes to happiness. Being mindful. There's a lot of studies about this. One of them that I found um, back in 2010, <laughs> they just kind of confirmed what other studies have shown us. Our minds wander like 46.9% of the time. And we're unhappier when they wander. But wandering's like the default network of our brain. So they're saying it's better to iron and think about ironing than to iron and think about, oh, a trip to Tahiti. Mm, think about what you're doing. That being mindful accentuates your happiness. Now, I get this, but I also know, and I bet you do too, how many times have you let your mind wander and you had a breakthrough in what you were trying to figure out? Now, this usually happens to me in the shower or when I'm out walking my dogs. In either case, I got nothing to write on, so I'm frantically trying to remember. What is it? What is it? Don't forget the good idea. And sometimes I forget it and sometimes I remember it. Anyway, I'm coming back to the buffet of happiness. Out to eat with my buffet of happiness. There's all kinds of food. There's all kinds of happiness. And I want different things at different times. So, yes, I do want to be mindful and I want to let my mind wander. Both can bring me happiness. Now, another thing that's important with happiness is just knowing that you matter. Do you know the number one reason that people leave a job? I kind of set you up for this one. They leave because they don't feel valued. Being valued, feeling like you matter, is a kind of happiness, a satisfied contentment that what you're doing matters. And not having it, people will leave their jobs. William James, who's one of the founders of psychology, he says, our deepest craving is to be appreciated. You know, I've worked in the corporate world. I know I've worked with as a consultant, I've worked actually in the corporate world. I've worked in manufacturing environments. Here's where employers so often get it wrong. They say, I'm paying them. You should know. I'm paying you. I continue to give you a paycheck. So, of course, I appreciate what you're doing. Hmm, That's a whole different thing. It's really easy to let somebody know that you appreciate them, that their work is valued. There's recent research out of um, 
I think it's out of Berkeley, um, where they're doing, and they're not the only ones doing it, but it's the most recent one that comes to mind, where the in the neuroscience area, giving a compliment, it doesn't just light up the reward center of the brain of the person who gets the compliment. It lights up the brains of the people who give the compliment. Giving compliments, letting somebody know they're valued, speaking kind words. It's good for the giver and the receiver. I like a nice short summary. So here it is. You decide what makes you happy and if you're happy. You're likelier to be happy if you keep these three things in mind. One, align your actions with your values. Two, be mindful. And three, believe that you matter. Now, if you've got a song with a message about happiness that you like, share it with me. I'd love to hear it. We can include it in our message in the music episode coming up. Now, thank you for listening. If I've helped you think more about owning your life, I'd be honored if you'd share my podcast with a friend. Now, let's go live, love, make some money, and change the world.